What does being mentally fit really mean to you and your family? Let's talk it out here and chat about the ways we can support our children and teenagers to prepare them for the big wide world ahead of them. I'm your host, Claire Pearson, teacher turned child therapist, and my job is to educate young people about the importance of looking after their mental health and well-being. Welcome to the Raising Mentally Fit Kids podcast. Jasmine, welcome to the Raising Mentally Fit Kids podcast. It's so amazing to have you here today. Thank you for taking time out of your very busy schedule to allocate some time to chat to us today. No, thank you very much for having me. I really, I really appreciate you, t- you taking the time as well. Yeah. Well, you specialize in an area that I love talking to children and especially teenagers about. Can you just tell the listeners exactly what you do? Um, well, I'm a co-active life coach. So I work with um, mainly teens um, to basically get them from A to B. So maybe they're stuck or, I mean, there could be a ver- various number of reasons. Um, so basically getting them out of that mindset, shifting their mindset. We work together to shift their mindset so they can achieve what they want to achieve. And you in work a in a very sort of specialized area of grit, don't you? Which is an area that I love chatting to teens about with resilience and perseverance and things. So who might come to you for life coaching? Who would be your ideal client and what kind of transitions would they make? I guess it's between, um, normally between say 15, 16 to 24. So um, I guess the period of maybe um, just starting to go to university and finishing university as well, because there are two huge transitions that we go through. Um, And I think normally the the clients that come to me, um, maybe they're feeling lost, confused, um, very demotivated, um, also under a lot of pressure Mm. um, from their parents or society. and maybe they don't know who they are and they just don't know where to start, basically. They're yeah. going round and round. In, yeah, in it's a really circle. common problem. And something I know that we talked about earlier is um, the high achievers amongst yeah. the teenage population and how vulnerable they can be as well to mm-hmm. some mental health challenges particularly if they've been riding the wave of talent and being told how amazing they are all of their lives, then all of a sudden they get to university or they, or they get to secondary school and all of a sudden they realize that they're a small fish in a very big pond and there are lots of other people there as well who are riding on talent and all of a sudden they've got to start engaging more grit, more perseverance mm. and not just resting on their laurels, but actually engaging some of these other skill sets. So is that where you come in as well as a life coach? Exactly. I mean, there's a number of things that we can do to work together, but definitely, definitely. I mean, like you said, that period of um, realizing that they're not who they maybe possibly thought they were, or they're being challenged with their identity. Um, So yeah, we, we work on you know, self-acceptance, like I said, finding out who they are, who they really are and accepting themselves, you know, mm. and, and there's so many things come with that as well. Well, so, as, you're, as you're talking there, I, there's a few things that pop up because uh, yeah. here there is a, there's, a, there's a particular school which has a very difficult entrance exam. And I seem to get a lot of children coming to me, teenagers, particularly girls from that school. And some of the challenges that they have 
is they've got a real, real fear of failure. And the fear of failure is probably stopping them from, from being kind of their, their, from reaching their potential. And I notice as well, procrastination starts to get in the way of things. And, and it's not just because of time management, because these children are, you know, super able, they're really high achievers, as I've said, it seems to be more than that. It seems to be the fear of not being perfect or the fear of the emotions that come with some of the workload and the overwhelm you know is that anything that you find with with your clients that come oh, to definitely. you oh 100 percent, 100 percent. yes exactly and it's, it's like i said it's going around and that and it's that trap isn't it mm. um and that causes overwhelm and then maybe you can't and you you put up barriers they put up barriers for themselves you know it's like a, and eventually you have you create a mental prison um, yeah. I mean, I've been there. I was there when I was a teen. Um, so yeah, what so happened I think, with you then? So you just skirted over that quite quickly. But what? Tell us a little oh. bit about your experiences and you know why you're doing the work that you're doing. Uh, well, I guess from that age, and that's why I choose that age group because for me personally, from I'd say 14 to 25, that was the hardest years of my life. Um, I mean, I I had so many things to deal with. I mean, I think as a child, I never really learned to express myself sad feelings mm. it was always you know just pretend that you're feeling okay I grew up thinking that was the way to be and then in the end that caused me lots of uh, pain in the future because then when I did actually go through a, 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 a trauma um, of course I had all of these feelings come up like dark feelings and mm. because I wasn't used to expressing the normal sad feelings um, I was overwhelmed with these feelings and it just put me into like a huge depression. Um, And I was completely, yeah, I guess numb because I probably still wasn't accepting those feelings. And I think when you don't accept your feelings, if you you begin to hate them and then when you hate them, you actually start hating parts of yourself Mm. and that just uh, self hate, you know, beating yourself up, all of these things. And, you know, when you're having to deal with that, it's so hard to concentrate on other things like studying or, I mean, studying, I mean, how can you concentrate on studying when you're going through those thoughts? Um, So yeah. Just hit the nail on the head then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it takes, and it's amazing how much space that actually takes up in your brain, you know, the worry, the the thoughts and um, blaming yourself, hating yourself. And when you're not relaxed, you're tense. Like you said, you have all of these fears as well. Um, It was just an awful circle. And yeah, and it took me, I would, I think, yeah, like I said, for about 10 years, I was going through that because I didn't get the help that I needed. And probably mm. I just needed a coach. If I'd had a life coach, somebody who to talk to, yeah. to work through it together and set goals and things. Like, I don't think I needed therapy. Mm. I think I needed a coach. And, that, and that's why I think as well, um, to have a coach when you're a child is, could be life-saving. could yeah. really change your life because if you learn then to express it, because that's what coaching is you know, accepting your feelings, acknowledging them and letting them go and moving on. You know, if you just learn those basic things when you're a child and like no feelings right or wrong as well. Like, you know, we're taught that a sad feeling is wrong so that it must be bad. But if we're taught that at a young age, then when something maybe does happen, that's really painful. We can deal with it much more because we've got the tools. And I think the younger, the better to learn this. Definitely. You know? Yeah. So what, um, what warning signs do you think parents should be looking for if they've got a child who could really benefit from your work? Yeah, that's really, I think, um, 
that's really a hard one as well because you know sometimes we can hide you learn like with me i learned to hide those feelings um i'm I'm fine syndrome i'm fine i'm fine i'm fine yeah exactly exactly and i think as adults we do that as well but i think maybe um and it depends what the parents going through as well because if as a parent you're not in touch with your emotions then Mm. it's hard to see other people as well it all starts with us doesn't it oh gosh working on yourself absolutely exactly i think I've yeah. just um, interviewed uh, Lindsay Nash actually from a group called Mum Warriors and we've just had exactly the same conversation about how oh, important really? it is for the parent, particularly the mum, to engage in self-care. So yeah, you've just reinforced that point. It's super important. And also if a child comes exactly. to you, they're only with you maybe for an hour or so and it's what they're exposed to when they go home. If, they, if they're going home and everything you've taught them or you're, you know, you're guiding them, facilitating them into, you know, different mindsets or encouraging a new way of thinking if they then go home and the parents are doing the exact opposite it's really counterproductive isn't it for the work exactly I guess sometimes you you might not notice this until it's really bad you know that's why because if you if you're if you're starting if it's starting to become visual then it's probably really really got to a really bad point already yeah you know so I don't think necessarily Okay, yeah, the warning signs could be the child is withdrawn and things like that. But I'm just thinking from my experience, you know, I was fine at school. I wasn't really having any major problems. You know, I had friends, I was doing my work and things like that. But deep down, I was really unhappy. And I think, I don't think it's just about waiting for the warning signs. I think it's about providing that space, having that, mm. there's always providing a safe space all yeah. of the time. Like, and as a parent, showing when you when you, I mean, this is just my opinion, like when you feel sad, show it, it's okay. Mm. Yeah. it's not you haven't done anything wrong you know yeah. showing all of the emotions when you can show them you can help others you can deal with others your children showing them as well yeah absolutely. You yeah you because ultimately we want to live an authentic life don't we and to be for our children to be authentic and to have that language of emotions we also need to adopt that authenticity as well and make sure that we're Have living to. congruently Yes, and we have to show that to our children because if we don't show it, how are they going to learn it? Because you don't learn this at school. No. Like where else can the children learn it from? Unless, but then if the parent doesn't know, then maybe they should work with a coach. Yeah. So do you do any um, kind of family sessions? Is that something that you provide at the minute? Actually, yes. That's what I'm just starting to do now. Family coaching. Mm. Um, I'm just working on the packages now, but that is exactly something that I'm I, f- I feel like there's a real need for that because it's not just the child, like you said, it's, it's the whole family. Yeah. So have you got any tips for mums who might be listening, who maybe this is resonating something in them or they're thinking, oh, you know, this, my child might be experiencing this. They're definitely a, you know, put on a smiley face kind of child. They're maybe, you know, someone who's cruising through life, but they haven't really opened up that line of communication about discussing emotions or, really having that talk about mental health, how can they get that discussion started? Yeah, that's a hard one. I guess, um, I guess the first step for me would be um, maybe, which might sound really obvious, but like having a diary for the child and the mum, maybe mm. writing things down. I think um, even though actually being honest with yourself can be really, really hard, yeah. but um I think writing things down, like having a journal. I mean, there's so yeah, many journals brilliant. out there. Yeah. Yeah, right, right. Start writing things down. And, um, and obviously it's private for the child. 
but yes. then one hundred percent private. Yeah, it has to be <laughs> private, sure. doesn't it? Although I've yeah. met some parents who have to read the diary, and I don't know what to say about that, but I've I've heard that as well. But um, but yeah, I think yeah, diary is the first thing, and then just saying, you know, if there's anything you need to talk about. But then saying that, my mum always said that to me. She was like, mm. if there's ever anything you need to talk about, tell me. But I think you've got to just do it. Maybe um, the parents can speak about how they're feeling. Yeah. I think that's the only way to show them, to show them. It's like, oh, I'm not having a good day today because of this, or but it's okay, you know. Yeah. I think they need to see it. And uh, obviously with the way that the world is at the moment, do you work remotely with clients? Yes, a lot of my clients are online now. Yeah, Great. on Zoom. So yeah. what would be the protocol then for somebody who wants to sign up with one of your programs? What would they have to do and what's the expectation? What, what happens? Well, basically we just have, um, I offer like a, a free consultation. So during that time, you know, we can get to know each other, you know, see if we're a good fit as well, because, you know, you've got to have a connection on that first call. Um, and, you know, I find out, uh, I do like um, a needs analysis, like, assessment to find out you know exactly where they are now in their lives you know mm. so I guess that's the most important thing and, and what kind of questions would you ask for that well like we do things like um you know like the wheel of life um oh, yeah. look at the major topics in their life and then they can describe how they see that area in their life right now what, where they're um, focusing their attention and things like schoolwork self-development exercise or that kind of thing exactly exactly and then like what how, where would they like that um it to be so they say where it is now where would they like it to be so we do lots of um visualizations in the first great. um meeting yeah because sometimes you know and that's the great thing about that i love about coaching is it's all about you know dealing with your subconscious yeah because um, we know what's going on consciously in our lives because we're conscious of that it's the things that are going on subconsciously that we don't know and they're the things that we need to change you know we'll yeah. just be aware of to make that yeah. shift yeah so that um, makes sense. for yeah. people that don't know what how would you explain the difference between therapy and coaching yeah i guess therapy is more about the past what happened in the past and dealing with those things yeah maybe when you were a child something happened how did you feel like dealing with that and what happened to you in the past and your reaction in the past yeah. and how it affected you in the past all about the past really whereas coaching is all about the future present and future yeah, yeah. and actions and you know therapy is more about talking maybe whereas um coaching is you know you have a session lots of embodiment and then there's norm there's always an action to take from yeah. the client because if the client doesn't commit to an action or take the action it's just a conversation yeah. And it's more than that coaching. Yeah. yeah. So it's very solution focused and problem solving. And, and how do you keep your clients accountable then for their actions? Well, um, I don't like some coaches maybe would, I mean, and you could, we design that in the Alliance when we have like the first session, we say, you know, how would you like me to keep me accountable? So to keep you accountable, um, you know, every client will be different. You know, mm. some clients like me to send them an email every week or a text message, you know, how are you getting on? Have you done that? But at the end of the day, it's really better if the um, client 
it's just accountable. I know that sounds, I mean, the sessions like, okay, by the next session, what will we do? What will you do? And then they tell yeah. me, and then by the next session, they do that. It's not very, always very good for the coach to check up on the um, clients. Right. Because then they're not really holding them codependent. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Exactly. So you're more kind of interested yeah. in how they're stopping themselves from being accountable. Would that be more a discussion area that you would have with children if they if they'd said to them if they'd said to you right by this time next week I'm going to have done um, a revision timetable or write my UCAS uh, statements or I'm going to mm. revise yeah. for my SATs. Yeah. And then you get to that time next week and you say, okay, well, these were your, go- these were your goals for this week. Um, you know, you haven't done them. How did you stop yourself from doing those? What exactly, you exactly. Exactly. That would become a conversation as well. And then maybe identifying any limiting beliefs that they have that yeah. stop them from doing it. Also, um, or, you know, it's just like, okay, when will you send me, for example, if they decide to do the timetable, when will you send me that? Well, so how do you want to be accountable? Okay, I'll send it to you. Okay, when will you send it to me? So they make all the decisions. You just ask them the questions. Yeah. And that's the most important thing about coaching. You're questioning them. You're not yeah. telling them anything or advising them anything. They have all of the answers. When it comes from them, it's a whole other Yeah, story. and it's really, like you said, it's really building that self-belief, isn't it? And that self-worth and that sense yes, of responsibility exactly. and that sense of accomplishment yes. because otherwise you're just becoming another person in their story who's just spoon-feeding them wow. and, and making them dependent on you, whereas your goal, exactly. I'd imagine, is to make them very independent and very responsible Course. and exactly, more gritty exactly. which is obviously the, yeah, 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 yeah. we haven't even really <laughs> spoken about that but yeah. the grit aspect of your coaching and I know you work with co-act- the coactive method of coaching so co-active can you just method. Yes, yeah yes. can you just explain what that is and um, how that would benefit well, guess, teenagers well I guess there's three uh, principles in the coactive you've got fulfillment balance and process oh, and I love each that. Uh, yeah, and each um, principle has so many different techniques and activities that we can bring to each session. And sometimes you can use all three um, principles in the session. Um, I guess fulfillment is all about um, visualizations, having a vision, your inner leader, saboteurs, mm-hmm. you know, the, your inner critic, things like that. So it's all about that. You know, once you become aware of your saboteurs, yeah that can be life-changing as well so you've got that one um it's like dreams and goals and things and then you have process which is all about um your feelings your emotions like what are you feeling right now you know where is that in your body so it's really acknowledging your feelings and then letting them go feeling them and then letting them go which is so powerful as well so that's a really that's yeah 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 yeah, exactly and then and the other one is balance which is all about um you know, one situation, you can have so many perspectives and it's all about um, choosing your perspective, having the, con- make it, each perspective you have is a conscious choice. Mm. So it's all about um, choice and what perspective are you choosing? Because That's there's not fantastic. just one perspective. Yeah, no. you may think it's this one, but actually yeah. there's, there's so many and it's like, which one are you choosing? As long as yeah. you know you're choosing that one and that's the one you've decided, it's okay, you can carry on. But if you're just doing it because you've always made decisions or had perspectives like that your whole life, like 30 mm. years, and you don't even realize, um, then that's another story. And that's the problem with most of us. 
um, we just do the same things that we've been doing our whole yeah, life. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. We, I was, again, chatting to Lindsay Nash about this, about, um, you know, how we condition ourselves and really just to start doing something different, you are going to start firing off all those neurotransmitters, making these oh, new neural pathways. Yes. And it's really, really big. And one thing that you just said then that really resonated with me was um, with uh, teenagers, particularly, they often will focus and worry on th about things that they can't control, mostly other people's opinions of them. Wow. And I think, you know, you were saying about perspective. It took me a long time to realize that me worrying about someone else's opinion of me was a choice and not everybody wow. thinks that way and once wow. if you can if you yeah. can understand that as a teenager that that is just one perspective you do not have to look for external validation or gratification no. or you know compliments to validate your self-worth if you yeah. can find that inside and like you said have all of those the fulfillment the balance and what was the other one process process the process they are, they're absolute three pillars of yes. inner strength and inner mental, you know, mental strength and mental fitness. Yes. So that's yes. phenomenal. It sounds like a really amazing process and so beneficial oh, wow. for today's oh, wow. teenagers. Exactly. And realizing that actually, I know that sounds so cliche, but and I'm still learning this as well. You know, everything that we need, I mean, is, is in us, is inside us. Yeah. yeah. Everything. How we see the world is based on how we see ourselves. I mean, it's, it's all about our relationship with ourselves. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm getting goosebumps yeah. now, actually, because really? it's wow. in, you, you must have that moment as well when you're working with a client that they all of a sudden, the penny drops yes. and they realize that they can kick into that survivor mindset. They can kick into that inner strength. They can really reach down deep wow. and understand Amazing. that exactly what you just said you are born with all of these resources already here. Your body yeah, and your mind yeah. want you to survive. Yeah, and yeah, I always yeah, say yeah, to yeah. Um, teenagers, you know, we're only born with two fears, fear of falling, fear of loud noises. Everything else wow. is we're conditioned. So wow. imagine going back to wow. basics and reprogramming yourself to think, yes. hey, you know, you said about being brave before we started recording today and you talked about the importance of being brave and having courage you know, what do you do in your discussions with teenagers to really encourage that mindset of stepping into the unknown, stepping into their fears and being the most powerful version of who they are? I think the first thing is just to accept that, um, I know that sounds cliche as well, but be uncomfortable, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, that is just, you've got to live with that. You know, if you want to grow, it's going to be uncomfortable and scary. That's yeah you got to, that has to be accepted. But also I think what worked with me and what works with my clients as well is like, okay, well, what happens if you don't take this step? You know, what will happen? How, how will that look if you don't take this step? So then we really go into that and you can do visualizations and subconscious activities as well. Because yeah. sometimes we don't know because, you know, our brain makes up so many stories and confuses us. Um, but when you do those activities as well, it's just your subconscious talking, your, your real self talking, your real yeah. self talking, um, like with the inner leader activity, when, when it's your true self talking, it's normally just a simple answer. It's not just, oh, da, 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 you know, confusing. So we do things like that. And, um, and what else was I going to say? Sorry, I've just lost. Uh, while you're thinking, I just love the inner leader, the inner oh. leader in me, because 
Oh, that is, I love that. Because yeah, exactly. I often say to children, you know, do you like to stand out from the crowd or do you like to blend in? And usually children with anxiety will want to blend in because they don't want that fear. But actually the inner leader in them is going, you've got this, you can do this. Come on, you yeah, know the answer. Put your hand up, make a difference. Yeah, no, the inner leader, that exercise, that changed my life as well. The ex that exercise. Because yeah, it's like, are you listening to your inner leader or your saboteurs? Yeah. You know, saboteurs is your brain, inner leader is your body. And that's the thing as well, which I love about coaching. And probably there's other lots of coaching that, it's all about this as well and healing you know your body doesn't lie your mm. body does not lie and your body knows everything everything is in in our body you know um you know our feelings intuition it's all inside us you know and and when i realized that like feelings i had from when i was eight that i never really felt are still there in my body the cells in my body are still those feelings that mm. all those years ago it was just like God, you know, they don't go away. If you don't feel your feelings, they don't go away. Yeah. For me, that was just, yeah. Yeah. The, the flip side of that as well is, um, you're right, any kind of trauma and things definitely needs to be dealt with because it does, I, I believe, that it, it, it's stored in the body and until it's yeah. released, until that trauma is worked on, you know, and dissipated, it, it will, you will carry it around for a while. And however, you know, lots of different ways of dealing with that energy healing yoga meditation you know chakra yeah. cleansing yes, all of yes, that kind yes. of thing i'm really really big into the whole embodiment aspect wow. of a um, therapeutic journey um i forgot what i was going to say now but what was I it know, so oh, i know <laughs> i know what i was going to say <laughs> the flip side of that with you said about the feelings and trusting your body one thing i would say uh which when when you have a child with anxiety they will usually say they've got clenched jaw, they've got uh, butterflies in their stomach, they need to run to the toilet, you know, hearts going like the clappers, they're, they're shaking, they're trembling. And I'll always say to them, you know, your body doesn't know the difference between feeling nervous and um, anxious to feeling excited. They're the both, they're same physiological wow. symptoms. So if you are feeling like that and you're like, oh, my body is about to give up on me. I'm about to have a panic attack. I'm just like, this is the worst feeling ever. Just say to yourself, I'm excited. I'm so excited. Like teach wow. your child that because wow. it is really Words. powerful. Yeah, that yes. your body doesn't know this, the difference between if you were about to walk in and give a presentation to 3000 people or you're lining up for a ride on a roller coaster they are the exact same or, you know, you're waking wow. up on Christmas Eve and you're, you know, yeah. you're like, Hey, it's Christmas tomorrow. They are the same feelings. That's amazing. And, and like you just said, actually, it's the words. And that's what we talk about as well with this, um, my clients, you know, what words are you saying to yourself each day? Like when you yeah. wake up in the morning, what are you saying to yourself throughout the day? And if you, it's amazing when you start realizing, oh my God, I'm not being nice to myself. Once you start being aware of what you're saying to yourself, so you can just change it, just yeah. change it and see yeah. how you feel then. Absolutely. You're actually being nice. So yeah. someone who has, obviously you've been on your own journey of um, mental health and well-being. You're a big advocate of teens and, you know, mental health. Yeah. Have you got any daily rituals that you engage in that really help you to stay mentally fit and healthy? I think, I think for me, um, you've got to do what you love. Yeah. I yeah. think, uh, I think everybody's different as well. There's definitely not one thing that fits all for me personally, which sounds so simple, but I need to eat well, like so eating well. Um, 
I need to eat well, I need to exercise, if it's just going for a walk. Yeah. Going to the beach is where, for me, is like meditating. Yeah, it's so I, I grounding, just, isn't it? Going yeah, to be grounding, so lucky, aren't yeah. we, having the beach exactly. on our doorstep. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, going to the beach, especially at night. I love the beach at night yes. as well. Yeah. In on your own, because I think, when you can I think it's where you connect with yourself and that's where I connect with myself yeah that cold sand on your feet is really I love that sensation and the moon especially when the moon's there then it's just like oh my god this is amazing um I can really feel in tune with myself yeah so so those things and uh I write a lot I write a lot so just I think it just helps me become aware and sometimes when you write you know um you end up sometimes your hand just doesn't stop and you just uh, write pages and pages and it's like oh my god yeah. where did all that come from yeah. and it's like you're not even thinking about it are you it just comes out naturally absolutely and, and, and really and cathartic you, as well isn't it for yeah. getting out of your head and into your body and, exactly. and understanding that those thoughts Present. they're just thoughts they like you said waves they come and go like waves wow. they don't have to represent you as a person they certainly don't yeah. have to make they they don't, they don't they're not necessarily the truth. So encouraging no, children no. to write and to journal, I think is a fantastic resource. Yeah. Well, and if they can't write, they don't like writing, draw, you know, yeah. it doesn't have to be writing. It can be drawing. I mean, however they feel that they can express themselves. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing um, all of your valuable tips today. And we'll make sure that in the show notes, people know how to get in contact with you and to find out all your information, how to follow you on Instagram. And I would just like to say good luck. And hopefully we will see you again when you launch your course, because I know listeners will want to hear, and I'd certainly want to hear about what you're going to include in the course and how it can help people with their mental health thank you so much claire thank you it was a pleasure really good to meet you absolute pleasure okay bye jasmine thank you bye bye thank you so much for listening today i really hope you enjoyed the podcast please subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode i'd appreciate it a lot if you could spread the love and give us a review or some big fat likes remember if you need any further information or you want to grab your resource packs then please head on over to the RaisingMentallyFitKids.com website. The link is in the description below. All the episodes are filmed for those who like to watch, so head to my YouTube channel, which is called Claire Pearson, Raising Mentally Fit Kids. And finally, one important note. If you work in mental health or with children, or you're a parent with a really good story to share, then please get in contact. I'd love to have you on the pod. Wishing you a great day and I will see you next time.